there's really value to be added and we're adding it this thing is called high value everyone thank you for joining us we uh really appreciate it also appreciate you appreciate you so thank you yasmin for uh taking the time to come on high value on the meditation episode um and if you just want to take a minute and kind of tell the audience your background and what you do over in beautiful Miami, that would be great. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, thanks for having me. Um, so I am a yoga instructor here in Miami. I've been practicing myself uh, for about six years, but have been teaching locally um, all over Miami for about four. Um, I teach in various different kind of um places, whether it's public yoga studios, um, corporate businesses. I do some um, private classes, some uh, teacher trainings as well. So a little bit kind of with all different kinds of people. Amazing. And do you, what is your um, into sort of meditation and how does meditation tie in with your uh, day-to-day yoga practice? Well, um, I think when I first started yoga in general years ago, um, I realized that it was really a meditation and movement. So yoga has like a way very similarly to meditation to kind of just silencing your, your thoughts, silencing your mind um, as you kind of move through poses and you move through the sequence of the different flows. You really get like this kind of moment where you're just like completely in peace with your mind, um, just removing the focus from the thoughts and really kind of bringing yourself into that present moment. Um, I had been practicing for a while and one of the limbs of yoga practice is definitely meditation. I Mm. was not able to necessarily connect with meditation right off the bat. Um, I was still like, you know, just fresh out of college. My mind was everywhere, like trying to figure out how I was going to make things happen. Um, And then more recently, I would say in the last like two years, um, I started to actually make a commitment to sit down and have a meditation practice. And it's just been so phenomenal for me and really, I mean, totally life-changing. Obviously yoga is as well, but meditation is just a new tool that I've been using um, recently that has been really just helping me in all areas of my life. That's interesting. Um, I'm not very well versed in yoga. I did I think one class in college and I've done maybe a couple since then. Can you talk a little bit about um, meditation's role in yoga? Because I believe that in yoga, a lot of it is centered around breathing as is meditation. And so can you talk about the similarities between the mindset that you get into when you meditate and the mindset that you try to achieve when you're practicing yoga? Well, essentially, when you're doing the yogic breath, the yogic breathing, which is called ujjayi breath, um, it really turns on and kicks on your parasympathetic nervous system. So it's really relaxing. It's very de-stressing. It puts you kind of in like just a very calm state. You can be doing rigorous movement, but you're really kind of just grounded and relaxed in. Um, There's also a lot of breath work tied into yoga. Um, As far as like pranayama, it's again another limb of yoga, another aspect of yoga. Um, And it's through these breathing exercises that you kind of just cultivate different like mental awarenesses. Um, There's breathing exercises for clarity. There's breathing exercises for vitality and to energize you. There's um, really a slew of different kinds of breathing exercises that you do. 
um, when you're doing meditation as well, I've noticed that my breath naturally kicks into kind of that same ujjayi breath. I don't know if it's because obviously that's my, my practice and something that I'm really used to, but that kind of breathing really, really grounds you and kind of calms you down. It's like, um, mm. yeah, it's just like something that you can focus your attention on. And the more that you listen to the sounds of your breath, the more that the thoughts start to kind of subside. Yeah, that's interesting because I like the way you put that. You said listening to your breath. And I think that's really important because you're not you're not just feeling it and feeling where it's uh, affecting your body physically, but you're actually listening to the sound of it, which I think is really soothing. And so it is, is the yoga breathing different in any way than the typical meditation breath, which is sort of like in through the nose and out through the mouth? Um, yeah, so yogic breath, ujjayi breath, is more in through the nose and out of the nose, and it's sealing off your lips. So you're really kind of constricting the back of the throat, pressing into the glottis muscle, trying to make almost like an ocean sound. Um, and that breath is like also, along with it being relaxing and, and all of that de-stressing good stuff, it um, heats the body system to get you kind of prepared to move in a different way, to get your muscles open in a different way for, for lengthening and stretching. Hmm. So similar, do you notice uh, students in your classes that uh, are missing that crucial piece in yoga, the breath, and they kind of are struggling? Totally. I mean, I think that's something that comes with practice and time. I can tell I can tell you that I've been I practiced for a really long time, really just ignoring the breath. You know what I mean? Like going through the motions and um, not refining that until I really got into my practice and realized like, whoa, this is this is the, the game changer is really the breath. It's really the vitality that you pull in that that prana, that life force. Um, but it takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. It's the same way that you go into a yoga class and, you know, maybe you don't get, get a nail every single pose. I think it's the same with the breath for sure. And I think it's also the same with meditation. Um, in the beginning you start and it's, it's wobbly, you know, the thoughts are racing, the thoughts are coming in and it doesn't, it's not necessarily that it gets better over time, but it gets easier to kind of sit and enjoy it, you know? Right. You still are always going to have the inner critic. You're always going to have the thoughts coming through and racing. The uh, The key is to be able to utilize the techniques and tools that you have at hand to kind of let those go past and accept them. A hundred percent. Some days you'll show up to your meditation practice and you'll just have like this super blissed out feeling like you're, you'll be done and you'll be like, wow, that was a session. That was like a moment for me. And then other days you'll show up and it'll be a little bit more shallow and it'll be more thought filled. And um, I think both practices or both moments have value. Hmm. Can you talk about the the differences in techniques? Because I've done, so for the last month, we've been practicing meditation every day, and we've all been doing a little bit different techniques. And I've started with uh, a lot of guided meditations. And the first kind of courses I took in the guided meditations were all about kind of clearing your thoughts and letting them go past and having that sort of cleared, grounded mental headspace. And then I've done other meditations, which are all about sort of more focused 
um, thought provoking meditations. And can you, can, can you talk about those two different mind states and what they're useful for? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it totally depends on your personality and like you doing kind of like a trial and error kind of thing. Um, because I've also done guided meditations. I mean, I think when I first started meditating, I was definitely, uh, geared towards guided meditations. Um, it was like a simple way for me to kind of just tap out without having to be super complex about it. Um, now the style of meditation that works for me is mantra meditation. So, um, I use an app, which most people use apps, um, and the sound of the mantra that I repeat is a hum. So it kind of, it's like a little bit of like an ohm and it's a little bit of like a different sound. It's like a a, a primordial sound. And you get into kind of like the space of just repeating the mantra so softly and so effortlessly that your mind just finally clears. And you would assume that the more that you repeat it and repeat it, the more that you're kind of focused in on a certain, on like a certain um, task, but it actually is the opposite. It's through the repetition of it that you kind of just simply let go. And um, so that's my favorite personally. I feel like that works for me really well. I've found that for someone who wants to get um, into yoga, into meditation that's new, the guided meditations work really well. Something that I like really, really love and enjoy here in Miami there's a meditation studio in South Beach, and they do a lot of um, sound healing. So at, it's like a group of like, you know, whoever shows up for the class, it'll be like 30 people. And there's like, they're laid out on the floor with like comfy pillows and, and blankets and everything for you to be super comfortable. And everyone just like the lights turn off, everything, you know, goes down. And there's a facilitator who's playing um, prayer bowls and singing bowls and wind chimes and just guides you through, I mean, with very minimum talking, it's really just the sounds. Um, and again, another way of really, really, really deeply tapping out is through sounds, is through the vibrations and, yeah. and you know what I mean? Something different to disconnect. Right. Yeah. I want to call it a distraction, but it's not necessarily a distraction. It's more of a tool. Exactly. Like it's a musical tool. Yeah. Exactly. Just like Where, the breath, because someone could assume that the breath could be a distraction. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. totally um, subjective in, in those kinds of ways. And I think when I, when I came into the month, I struggled a bit for the first couple of weeks because I was trying to check a box i think i was trying to come into it wanting to do it a hundred percent and wanting to do it right i think and i and i realized that that's not that's like the complete opposite approach that you should really take um can you talk about uh sort of the different techniques that maybe you use like the sound or um, someone that's just coming into meditation what advice would you give them to uh, get, get into it okay totally I love this question um, one like you said when you make it like this kind of like burdeny thing you know what I mean like okay gotta check mm-hmm. the to-do list it's part of my like day-to-day routines. Like I have to pay yeah. a bill. I it, it like just pulls everything that could be the beneficial part of it really away from you. Um, so I would definitely, in um, I lead a teacher training and here in, in Miami um, and all my students is like mandatory for them to do a 30-day meditation as well. And um, I've noticed 
even through them, and this is like, it'll be a group of like 10 to 15 students. Um, it takes a minute to start up. You know what I mean? For me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to meditate today because I meditated yesterday and the day before and forever. But for someone who's really new, it takes a minute to warm them up. So I would definitely say first advice is don't take yourself too seriously. If you find that it's not sticking like completely with ease and with grace, it's okay. It's actually part of it. You know what I mean? So um, I think the 30-day challenges are pretty amazing. I think they're really good for commitment purposes and they kind of give you like a focus. I think if there's like a day where you don't show up because it was like a crazy day or, or whatever the, the situation is, I think that's okay. And instead of kind of like beating yourself up for it, you know, just like pick up the next day where you left off. And the same kind of virtue supply with yoga. It's the days that you don't want to do it, which are the days that you probably need to do it the most. You, uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah. such it's such a, a thing like that. So, right. um, and then, you know, sticking to it and maybe trying different ways. Maybe that guided meditation really works for you or maybe that mantra or maybe the, I mean, I'm sure you'll talk more about like the different styles, but maybe it's the breath work that really gets you like to, to be in a peaceful place and just playing around with it because really the journey for meditation is truly just to get to know yourself and what better way to get to know yourself than to explore the different techniques and see what is, what sticks the best for you. Um, and then, you know, knowing that every single time you sit down, every single time that um, you give to yourself in that kind of way, that you're doing something beneficial for yourself and your body like receives it, your mind receives it. And it doesn't have to be like perfection every single time. I I really like the way you put that um, to give to yourself. I think that's I think that's almost motivation in itself, especially on those days where you don't want to do it. That's almost like a red flag that you you're like, oh, shit I need to do meditate I need to meditate right now um I mean I think it's a byproduct of our society right now so many people are anxious so many people are stressed I mean there's so many things going on you know like there's it's everyone's thing everyone's dealing with something you know so yeah. this is such like this is such an amazing tool that you can have for yourself rather than thinking that it's outside of you like, okay, well, when this ends, I'm going to be relaxed or when this project mm. finished, I'm going to be okay. Or like, you know what I mean? It's really, really, truly inside of you to make mm -hmm. yourself feel better. Yeah. And we, we talked about in our, uh, earlier in the month episode and check in that, um, meditation seems pretty accessible, right? You don't need a ton to do it. Um, and you don't even necessarily need like a quiet space if you can get into that meditative state. Um, but it seems like with all the distractions of today, social media, text messaging, everyone has a smartphone, everyone's scrolling through Instagram. Um, can you talk about why it's, it's not as prevalent as maybe it should be? Um, you mean meditation in general, just like people taking the time to do yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I can't even say that it's a syndrome of just like the United States. I think it's just like a world syndrome, <laughs> you know? I think like we're all like constantly comparing, you know? Like, you know, we're looking at Instagram. We're looking at the feeds of people. Even if it's people that inspire us, um, we're always just like constantly comparing ourselves, like where we are, how, how much have we done? Like, even if it's through part of our day or maybe if it's a checkpoint throughout our lives and like, all of those things create the disconnection. All that we want when we look for yoga and when we look for meditation is connection. 
you know, not to other people in relationships because a lot of people have that down already. It's really this just connection to ourselves. So I think for me, for example, I just did like an Instagram cleanse not that long ago. Um, I felt like I was intaking so much imagery and so many different um, just viewpoints of people that like it just turned a little bit like, okay, I'm overwhelmed now. You know, it's it was a lot. So taking that time to be able to like disconnect from everyone to even like even if it was just I think it was around like three weeks that I did it. Um, I felt so much better. I felt so much better. Like I was able to really just focus in on like what I want, what I need. And like you said, you don't need the perfect scenarios to meditate. You don't need the perfect space or environment. Um, but even if you just go, I mean, for me, it's pretty simple. Like I'll go to my room, I pick a corner, I sit and, and I do it. And, um, most of the time it's about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, but maybe one, some days I can only really sit for five and that's like all I can give, but it, it always, always, always at the end of the day is like so much right. better for it. Or if you sit for 15, maybe you only have five minutes where you really feel it, but that, but that's still okay. Uh, um, I want to talk about this Instagram cleanse because I also recently, I guess, did a similar thing. I, I stopped posting, I think for, a, uh, just over a year and I think I was on it still, but I didn't, I definitely didn't look at it as much. Do you think for you, the three week cleanse, which is funny that, that we call it that because you, I know, know, right? like a, you, you would think of like a food cleanse or like a, t- I have to detox my body. <laughs> I have to detox from this social media scrolling. But feed. it's true though. Do you, would you categorize that cleanse as a type of meditation in itself? I mean, I think totally because it's like an, it's almost like a form of an addiction, you know what I mean? And and that cleanse, that quote unquote cleanse, like puts you in a different mental state. And I think that's exactly what meditation is, is to put you in a different mental state. You're having these thoughts throughout the day. You're like super vibrating on these specific thoughts and maybe they're reoccurring thoughts or maybe it's even internal dialogue that you always speak to yourself in a specific way. Um, I catch this all the time for my yoga students. Um, sometimes people have very, very, not the most positive thoughts, you know, and I think meditation is the perfect way to reset that. Even if it's for 15 minutes, it resets you vibrationally. It really does. And we're all vibrational beings. We're all like, you know, we're all alive and thriving and and doing and moving. And I think that's what I received from my Instagram, you know, cleanse. (laughs) I was able to just like turn off that part of my mind. Um, and for someone who uses, I mean, I use Instagram a lot for my, um, for my business, you know, I'm promoting my classes, I'm connecting with my students, I'm getting reached out to all the time. And even with that being said, I was still able to feel beneficial after the cleanse. I didn't feel like, Oh, I, And I think that's also like kind of like the mental space you go into. You start to be like, well, this is the excuse why I'm on it all the time. This is why I'm always on it, you know, because it's my business and, you know, and everyone can do that. Those are all just excuses that we use. Um, Right. Which, which especially for you as a yoga teacher, I feel like yoga on Instagram is a pretty huge category of posts, right? Totally. I mean, if you're not posting, like, how is anyone, like, how are you reaching out to anyone? How is everyone knowing that you're teaching or what events you're throwing or, you know what I mean? It's, it's totally you needing to represent yourself on that, on that feed. But with that being said, it's like also being as open and honest with yourself with how much you really need of it. You know what I mean? Because there's some people who just do it so effortlessly. They go in, they go out, whatever. 
But maybe for someone else like me, um, it's only beneficial to a certain point. And then after a while, I'm like, okay, I'd rather spend time doing something else realistically. And I wish I could like spread that to like a bunch of other people outside of just me, like my friends, because sometimes we'll be going out and they're still on their phone. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) there's, you know, there's a moment to disconnect. And these are all the same things. Disconnection through meditation, disconnection through an Instagram class, whatever it is, disconnection through yoga, really. Um, Just right. Um, and I'm looking at your website and it, um, you have a degree in psychology. Is that correct? Yes, I do. <laughs> awesome. So it did that. It's interesting because you, you came from sort of the study of the brain and sort of, uh, behavioral research as well. And then you came into yoga. Did that degree or did your area of study help influence that decision to kind of explore this area of the mind and body wellness sector? I mean, off the bat, like, no. But then now looking back and actually, like, viewing it, totally. Um, There's something super intriguing about the mind and how we're able to really, like, co-create and manifest things um, in our lives and just in the world around us um, that I didn't really know how much I was going to be using my, uh, my psychology degree alongside with yoga. But, I mean, I use it all the time, especially in yoga classes with my yoga students, um... I deal with so many different personalities and so many different people and psychology has definitely shown me so many different sides of people. Maybe in a way that if I didn't have my degree, it wouldn't have resonated as well with me. You know what I mean? Um, It's definitely come in handy in a lot of scenarios. (laughs) Right. Did they, did, was meditation a part of the curriculum at all? Um, it wasn't, but it should have been. <laughs> it would have been really cool. I did take I did take yoga when I was in college, but um, it wasn't part of it wasn't part of my psych my psych stuff. Oh, okay, I mean that's interesting. Maybe, maybe it should be. If it's I think the study of the human I think mind. so. I mean, it's totally making sense when you say it like that. Yeah, um, you mentioned in the teacher training the so part of the training is to go through a thirty day meditation course. Do what do you find that people say at the end of it? What are they coming out realizing or uh do they notice a difference at all? Well what I notice first first and um first off the bat, um my students had such a hard time with it. I mean, are they amazing yogi and I think that's kind of like a really cool aspect because Yoga should be so tied into meditation, but because where we are in this world, sometimes we see just the practice of yoga as like a physical thing. Like, okay, like I want to like lose weight. I want to tone. I want to stretch. I want to like whatever, you know, but meditation is such the foundational source of that yoga practice. So my students who are amazing at their yoga poses and are really, really strong at teaching and leading were having such a hard time meditating, like extremely hard times. So, um, my biggest advice to them, and they would show up every day, and, and I was always like, check in with me, like, let me know how, how it feels, let me know what you're thinking, you know, and some days they'd be like, oh, today was such a good day, I sat down, and I was still, and I was able to do it, and it was awesome, and then I would talk to them a couple of days later, and they'd be like, it was so hard, today I couldn't stop thinking, today was like, very intense for me, and, you know, I always just came with like, the same kind of philosophy that Every sit, every time that you sit down and meditate, it's a worthy situation. It's a worthy moment. Um, When we get caught up, again, trying to compare yesterday's moment for today's moment or how it should be or trying to create like a standard is where we really start to kind of falter. Um, We want to kind of keep an open mind and an open platform for expectations of what we're receiving the benefits for, you know? So rather than kind of like 
going back into that like monkey mind of like dissecting, oh, but this wasn't off and this was off and I could hear the sound, you know, whatever it is, um, that's where they get caught up. And it's something that I completely understand because that's where I was when I first started my meditation practice as well. Very, very comparison, very, um, you know, trying to figure out how I can do it the best. And maybe there is no the best. Maybe you sitting down is the best. It was like a prescribed thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, how, or we, we talked a little bit about in, in the last episode of the differences between sort of passive meditation and active meditation. Can you describe any sort of uh, active or passive meditation techniques or meditative states that you have in your life? Um. So you mean like active as in sitting down and creating space for it and passive in the sense of like, in the sense of just going through the motion? What do you, what do you mean? We, we sort of described uh, the active state as being um, achieving sort of the same meditative state that you would get into by just sitting uh, in like a quiet place, but you could achieve that through maybe an activity sort of like working out or dancing or biking. Or oh, cooking. totally, totally, so totally. It's actually physically active. Totally. Um, I mean, again, like I said, yoga, meditation and movement, 100%. Um, I think anything that like puts you in that rhythm and that it's almost like trancey. You get like into like a trance where you're just kind of like going through the motions, but like you're not necessarily thinking, you know, um, something that I think also works for me personally is gratitude. And I pick like any part of my day and I just go through like tons of gratitude. It could be through journaling or it could be through um, just like gratitudes coming into my mind and me kind of acknowledging them. And I think that is probably the most similar feeling that I've had to meditation where I come out of the meditation feeling like, ah, like an aha moment, like a breath of fresh air. And that I felt the same doing gratitude. And I've realized they go hand in hand to me is gratitude journaling or just like being in appreciation as well as um, meditation. I think, I think I've spoken to tons of runners who told me that they get into a meditative state when they're running as well. So I think, I think we can find a little bit of meditation and any activity that we really, really love and we're able to kind of just like really delve deep into it. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I really like the, the running comparison because even like long distance runners who run marathons or even Ironmans, you kind of have to be in that, again, I want to use the word distraction, but it's not, you have to be in that clear unfocused focused space in your head to kind of achieve that totally and like i said it's totally a trance you know what i mean like i don't know how else to explain that without it sounding like a little bit weird but it's definitely like a trance state where you're just like you're present obviously you're there um but the mind has just gone someplace else Mm -hmm. and it's pretty calming you know it's pretty it's pretty grounding yeah. Yeah, and I like the gratitudes aspect of it too. Um, recently, in the last week, I've chosen to do a course in this app Headspace, and it's on appreciation. And there's like ten sessions. I'm about halfway through it at the moment. How's that going for you? But it's an interesting meditation technique because you are not necessarily trying to clear all the thoughts away. You're still trying to be in a meditative state, but you're trying to almost uh drop like a question in your mind Mm -hmm. um 
and the question in this course is who or what do you appreciate most in your life right now? Mm -hmm. And so every time you meditate, you kind of drop that question in your mind and you ask it in the third person, which is really interesting. And I've noticed a difference throughout the day. You kind of feel that, that residual appreciation because you come to realize that that feeling is almost always there. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love that. That's epic. Um, for sure, in my book, appreciation, gratitude, meditation, they're all just different vehicles to, to heighten your vibration to get you into like a vortex, to get you into like a space, a different mental space where you're just resonating differently. And I mean, we all have bad days. Sometimes we have bad months, you know? Sometimes it's a little bit longer. And those are the things that pull you out. Those are the things that remind you like, hey, it's okay to have like, uh, you know, a little bit of a lag. Sometimes we get caught up again in wanting to like things to just be perfect. Like it needs to be smooth. It needs to be like perfect and just how it always is. And it's not the case, but when you have these like really epic tools like gratitude and meditation and yoga and whatever it is for you, maybe it is the long distance running. I mean, those are, those are like the blessings, you know, and keeping yourself kind of really just paying attention to those things because it's easier, it's easy for us to pay attention to something else and, and get into a different mental space. But yeah, we're, we're really lucky for that. You almost want to be in a space where you're only comparing yourself to yourself. Yes. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Um, Can you uh, talk a a little bit about, um, for people that don't understand or are familiar with the idea of the vibrations that you speak of, can you kind of give an idea and overview of what that entails? Okay. Um, Yeah. Vibrations. I guess like, okay, so I guess for me, this is pretty standard talk in the, in the yoga community, in the yoga world, which is obviously where I belong. Um, it's pretty standard. It's pretty a standard, um, thought process. Um, I think generally speaking, um, we have like, just, how can I say it? Like just different moments in our lives. Like if we're having like, let's say a bad, a bad week, a bad month, a bad whatever, we're vibrating on that specific level. So then we're attracting that as well. So the universe feels you feeling off for whatever reason it could be. It could be because, you know, you lost a job or it could be because, I don't know, you something happened with your car, whatever it is. So the universe starts to attract that same energy to you because it starts to relate you to that kind of feeling. So in order for you to kind of pull away from it, because it's kind of hard, right? Like you're starting, you feel those feelings and then you start thinking those thoughts and then it just like almost like uh, spirals or not spirals, but like feeds itself. And then in order for you to kind of get into a vibration to pull away from that altogether, like you want to raise your vibration, you want to feel better, you want to feel good, because that's what everyone wants. You know, I think that's the end point of even of meditation It's just everyone wants to just feel good because that's our natural point of like set. That's where we're balanced is feeling good. That's why we're here. Um, And I think it's cool. Like we fall off because we're not perfect and we're human. Um, but then you can use these tools to really kind of pull you into a vibrational state that just lets you reset, you know, it lets you get back into feeling good and, and appreciating and taking the time out to like stop the thoughts or the, or whatever, like internal dialogue that you usually have and just like reset your vibration. Well, I don't want to take uh, all of your time, but do you have anything else that you'd like to say or discuss? Um, Yeah, I mean, I would just say if you're uh, new to meditation and you really want to get started, I would 
totally just encourage you to take a moment and just sit for yourself and kind of see what's the best way that works for you. Um, and I would take every single time that you approach your meditation practice as neutral, observing it as a meditation overall, um, not trying to critique yourself or trying to do what you did yesterday, allowing it to just kind of be exactly where it is and then checking in with yourself a month later, seeing exactly how the benefits started to like sink in for you. Amazing. That's what I <laughs> and then also for the listeners, I want to give you a chance to let everyone know where they can come take a yoga class with you or come meditate with you or yeah. where they can find you on Instagram and your website. So my Instagram is, uh, my handle is Yasmin underscore yoga. So it's Y-H-A-S-M-I-N underscore yoga. Um, I'm usually posting on there where I have public classes um, and where I'm doing just any kind of my events. Um, I also right now am very focused on private yoga. So I can kind of just do a little bit of something specific for the person I'm with. Um, I range from power yoga all the way through restorative and kind of like more well-being yoga. Um, and right now I am setting up for my next teacher training and retreat. So I will be posting that on my Instagram very soon and letting everyone know all the extra details. Amazing. Well, you heard it here first. If you're in Miami, go visit uh, Yasmin for yeah. some yoga. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. You rocked. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I think you definitely added some value. Awesome. Thank you so much.